It's Monday, November 7th, and this is Season 7, Episode 13 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Jeff. Hello. And Tommy. What's up? Well, uh, small group today. I think it's going to be a, a good for conversation. Uh, I'm kind of excited to talk today, uh, even though the topics are, and results are mixed, but I think there's a lot to, to unpack here, so let's get right into it. Um, so we're going to start with uh, Marseille on Tuesday. Uh, so we went into this one. We all know that there was the uh, uh, kind of uh, bullshit call that uh, the, that put us in the position where we really needed a win or draw here to make sure that we advance out of the group. Um, and clearly Conte set up uh, for just to, to at least get the draw, at least don't lose. Uh, was kind of his uh, motto here because he knew it, it would get us through to the next round. Um, and I think that kind of created an ugly, ugly, ugly first half. And that's a good place to start the uh, conversation because we have a question on first half. So, uh, Tommy, uh, Bi- the tweeter known as Big Bird asks us a question. Yes, he does. Okay. Actually, I don't know if it's a he or she. So, um, It's a he. I've, oh. I, I've met him. Gotcha. Um, so his question is, what it really is the deal with our really lame first halves? Uh, can Spurs really not put in the first half like they do in the second? Who wants to go first? Oh, you go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I was just going to say the conspiracy theory that goes around is that Conte has told them to lay off on the first half because he wants to keep them fresh. Yeah, as a tactical thing. Um, you have to survive this crazy schedule that they have. I don't know that I believe that, though. Um, I don't because I think this first half uh, crappiness goes back before the Conte years. I mean, we've kind of been a slow starting first half team for a while. Um, I don't know what it is with these guys that yeah, it takes until the second half to wake up. Yeah, well, I, I I agree with you, but I think there is something to that. I do think that. Um, Conti does want them to conserve energy uh, because when we're fresh in the second half, like uh, we are good enough to to score multiple goals in that 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 second half, and like if you can just keep them off the board, um, it's actually not a bad tactic. But it, the problem is we're not keeping teams off the board, and that and that's that's why this seems to to keep happening. Um, now, I mean, we'll get to Liverpool later, but I, I don't think that was as bad of a first half as we've been seeing. But, uh, but this was clearly abysmal. Um, and, and yet another game where we have to go behind to kind of wake up. Um, but I, I can kind of see why he did that. Like, I mean, we had to play a strong team here. We, uh, we played a weaker team against Bournemouth, which created an ugly match that we barely won. And, and I think we just had to kind of roll with this that way. Yeah, so, Anthony, we talked about it last week. Uh, John mentioned, like, how you said, Jeff, probably conserving some energy a little bit. Granted, rotation's not been what I would like it to be. So because of that, the squad is, like, there is no depth. Like, so, I mean, Longley's finally been playing. Um, Heel's finally playing a little bit. But I'm like, Spence has been non-existent for the most part. So... My biggest issue is how are you going to build depth when the transfer window is closed? And we got, what, two more matches until the uh, World Cups or World Cup break starts. It's like you got to make do. Unfortunately, I don't think Conte's done that. But 
which is, I guess, an indictment on himself, but partially it's, while we did add some extra bodies, we still don't have the depth that he desires. Um, The issue is also kind of generally with the personnel, I think, where if we're sitting back in the first half, I'm fine with that to conserve energy, but the personnel that we have, the back line and midfield and wingbacks, like that leaves a lot to be desired. So if we had like, you know, Jan Vertonghen, uh, Toby Alderweireld in the back, you know, taking the blows. In their I, prime. In yeah. Their prime. Ex- yeah. Well, even at the tail end of their career, there's, I think they were, as a whole, they were probably still better than what we have now as a whole. But yeah. That might be just me, though. But regardless, it's just like, because that still makes me nervous. There's like, we, we play a little more relaxed back line, it feels like, or we're not pushing up as forward. Um, but there, it feels like if you look at the grand if you pan out and look at how the formations are, like there's all, it feels like between the forwards and the midfield, there's always a huge gap. So the only real solution, like I, t- I kind of bitched about it yesterday to some people. So like my thing is, I think we actually have a pretty decent midfield. Like they just need to click a little bit because it would be Hoiberg, uh, Basuma, Skip, uh, Bencore. They've all had pretty good games aside from Skip, who's just coming back from injury. The wingbacks are an issue. So like, Kind of with Pochettino, it's the squad is the sum of its parts. They all have to work together. So I think the biggest issue right now is if we get wingbacks or proper wingbacks and they actually work well together, then this for like everything else works together. Therefore, the first half won't first halves of every game won't look as bad. I, I agree with you on the wingback issue. But I do think that, in, especially in this Marseille match, that there was a, there is a personnel issue. I mean, we had a, a lot of players, a lot of key players, not available, and um, this wasn't just like a rotated squad. This was the strongest squad we could have put out for a Champions League uh, match that is gets us multiple millions of dollars to advance, um, and and to play a little bit defensive in 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 a match like this where. We just have to draw. I can kind of understand why Conte would want to do that with this particular squad, like waiting for Kulishevsky to be able to come back, waiting for Charleston to be able to come back, waiting for Ramiro to be able to come back. It makes total sense. It just was pretty abysmal and ugly to watch, and the defense wasn't holding up well enough. Right, and I think on the depth thing, um, yeah, we are on fumes. I mean, our all of our forwards were wiped out except for Harry, um, you know, when we get to the Liverpool game, the guy who joined him up front, uh, that wasn't especially inspiring. But, yeah, but Conte's between a rock and a hard place. I mean, do you want Jed Spence's first Tottenham start to be trying to qualify for the Champions League or starting against Liverpool? Same thing for Brian Hill. Um, I mean, yeah, you don't throw guys into that situation I mean, who haven't played all year. To be fair, so, we got thrown in or. Pochettino threw Kyle Walker-Peters in against Barcelona on the last day of, uh, what, 18-19 group stage? And he was man of the match. And, like, my art, and I don't disagree with you, especially with a manager of Conte with his pedigree. My only thing is, I mean, if I'm, if if it's just me, Tommy as the Spurs manager, young and experienced, my argument always to play young players is, A, they don't know better, B, they're going to do everything they can because they want to make a good impression. So because of that, it's like kind of roll the dice. I mean, realistically, 
if Antonio Conte left at the end of the season, which I believe he probably will, barring some random act of God, I think. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. But, like, you know, roll the dice a little. Let's, let's see what they have to offer because the other thing is transfer window, you know, coming up after the World Cup. I mean, we're going to get some inflated fees and potential salaries, but, like, you, you play Spence, for argument's sake. You play heel, and he starts. Khan's going to be like, dude, these players, while they show some promise, they're not up to stuff, snuff right now. We need to buy some players. So I give him a sample size of these players aren't good enough instead of just shutting them out and not playing them. And then, I don't know, I'd rather go that avenue than, because, like, with Daniel Levy, he's like, well, Warren, he... he you will probably find every excuse in the book be like to not pay, even though the intent of signing Antonio Conte is he's going to win right now because he's not going to be here for like five, six years. Before Jeff goes, just to, to, to be fair, like if this was Conte's strategy, it, it almost worked. I mean, we it was the 45th plus uh, seven <laughs> that they scored their goal. So we were keeping them off the board prior to that. So it, we almost got out of that half uh, w- without giving up a goal. So as ugly as it was, I mean, it almost worked. And I think Longley in the post-game contest uh, comments even said that the team was kind of confused, you know, whether to go forward or sit back. And they wound up sitting back more than they should have. And, you know, Harry was complaining about that after the game. Um so, you know, it took till halftime again for them to decide, okay, we should go forward. But on the, the Spence Hill thing, too, one nice thing about the World Cup break uh, finally coming is that they'll be spending a lot of time with Conte oh, yeah. during that time. So and I think he'll be able to tell from that, yeah. you know, are they going to be useful for the second half or not? One of the, somebody said yesterday, like, the reason why Hill isn't playing a lot is because, like, you know, we all know Conte. He's a friggin' psycho. He's very tactical, and he's very exact with how he wants these players players to train. Apparently, he's not making, like, the proper runs or the correct runs that he wants people to. So I'm like, you know, in the next month, in November and December, hopefully he can, sh- you know, sort that out. You know, fingers crossed at least. Because I, I mean, when we see him play, I, we can tell he's overachieving. He wants it. It's just he's got to get it right. So, I'm, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about upcoming transfers that, that are going to need to happen. Um, I think at this point, just getting through uh, these next uh, two matches uh, <laughs> alive and at least close to where our place in the table, as, as long as we're like holding on to top four at this point, and then let's see if we can uh, make some moves that can push us uh, higher up the table after the after the break. So I think it's just uh, at, at this point, like these injuries are going to resolve themselves, and then maybe other teams are going to suffer injuries while they with players away on the World Cup. So um, well, pl- there could be a qu- great equalizer coming. So I can kind of uh, um, see it, it, could, it could be an interesting window all around. Plus, now you've got the selling point, you know, hey, we're in the, the final 16, you know, for potential signees in the window. You know, that's always a good thing to try to attract some, well, some top guys. Yes here. and no. Because, I mean, Atletico Madrid, they, they said that, like, a, a, few, a few good quality starters, they, they said they'll be willing to let them go. But, say we get one of them, they'll be cup-tied. So, that's kind of the other issue. It's like, 
if we if we find a player from the Champions League that we buy, that's going to be no good for the Champions League. But that can create depth for the Premier League, and then like whether it be, I don't know, whomever, then th- those players that wouldn't that usually did start in the Premier League or everyday stars, they can just shift the focus to the Champions League instead of Premier League for those weeks. And and there there's a lot of players that will be on the market that aren't cup tied because they're either in Europa or in no, no no competition whatsoever. So I mean that's not necessarily it just might limit who we can get and I and I think it's get the best player even if they are cup tied because yeah, like you said, we can use them in other other competitions. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the second half of this uh, Marseille match. Um, uh, so we did have to come alive after th- after that. Um, it was still kind of uh, a tough plod, but um, um, we we get the Langley uh, header in the 54th minute. Um, would anybody pick him as their goal scorer? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> it's the magic of Geo, right? The the guy designing all of our corner plays. Yeah, it's always the the, the person you least expect. I, I mean, um, it, the, it's easy to mark Harry Kane and 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 potentially Son if he's not taking the corner um, because you know those guys can score, but um, but you know, Eric Dyer coming out of nowhere or. or uh, or Langley, like um, we're seeing a lot of that this year. There's like random people, um, and I think that's a key to the success. If you're always targeting the same guy, uh, he's going to get marked and you're going to get blocked out. But if you're running a different play each each set piece, uh, you, you can catch them by surprise. And I mean that's really been the key to our success. Without without these set pieces. Uh, we'd be really struggling this year, so that's yeah. been so key to us. Um, anything else on the Langley goal? Just that, you know, we were kind of unleashing a barrage against Marseille for a while, but it was the same as just happened against Sporting and will happen in a little while when we talk, is that we struggle so badly, even when we've got the pressure on the other team, finding the net is so amazingly hard for our team. I mean, you know, it's always, the, you know, these crazy goals or last-second goals. Um, so, I mean, when you look at the shot quantity, you know, that, that we unleash and the number that actually go on target, um, you know, it's kind of distressing week yeah. after week to see it that is. same thing. I mean, the, the sporting thing, yeah, you know, we got ripped off by the VAR call at the end, but we shouldn't have had to rely on that. There were, like, so many other chances we had in that game. We just have failed to take our chances a lot this year. Yeah, and, th- and this was another one like that, like where we had, we had a lot of the ball in the second half. We were attacking like crazy, and we just couldn't seem to make anything work. Until late in the match when we finally did find a way to break through, and that was uh, uh, yet, yet another Hoybier uh, goal. Um, and I do w- uh, want to say, like, because we have criticized Hoybier on this podcast a lot. Just there was a lot of talk that, you know, he's, he's not just not good enough for our team as a midfielder. Um, we used to have on this podcast the Erickson back meter, <laughs> if you remember that. Like, uh, do, do we think uh, we need a Hoybier uh, apology meter? Um, not, I don't think so. And well, out- Ten minutes earlier, he missed a shot off the crossbar. So. Because, and I'll just say this. One thing we cannot 
slate uh, Pyramil Hoiberg for is his effort. He's probably the hardest working player on the field. And he runs everywhere. He dives in every tackle with intent. So the fact that he got that goal because he was hauling ass. So I'm like, the fact that he got it, I wasn't horribly surprised at it. Because, I mean, let's remember, he scored a decent amount of goals for us over the past few years. So don't discount that. But, I mean, I kind of laugh at the goal, though, just because whenever I played FIFA years ago, I would always do those types of goals where, like, some guy will be running down on down the flank or down the field unmarked, and then just dink the pass over to him, and he get the easy goal. So I'm like, so I love that personally. But I mean, it's. I thought you were going to say Hoiberg was your high scorer in FIFA all the time. No, I don't think he was on. I think the last FIFA I owned was like FIFA 12, so I don't even think he was on then. But it, I mean, let's be realistic about this. Got the result. And Conte wasn't even on the pitch yelling at anybody. So the fact that we got the the three points to top the league in spite of it, that's not the worst thing. I mean, this not having to Conte and, you know, we have injuries. It kind of creates that mental toughness that I always clamor about. So hopefully the squad can build on that and we'll see how it goes. Um, but one thing that none of us failed to mention is Sun's injury. I mean – you know, he got the fractured cheekbone, I think. So it's like, and he just and he just had surgery. But I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, with the World Cup, I mean, it's gonna. He's probably gonna be in the World Cup wearing a mask. But I mean, hopefully he recovers soon. I just kind of hope Korea gets knocked out in the group stage, just so we, you know, he can get a little rest as well. But and heal up a little bit. Yeah, but. it's just unfortunately. With everything, it's kind of been a perfect storm. Like if we had Dayon, we had Orr and Orr Charlson, probably wouldn't have to worry about this match. Probably would have gotten the win against Sporting Lisbon. But I mean, instead we had Lucas uh, in this one. <laughs> yeah, which, which I, mean, I, I have to say, animated. Uh, I don't think it was a very good performance by by Lucas. I, no, no I, well, the stats were horrible for him. Did you see those afterwards? Uh, oh yeah, those, they yeah. were I, terrible. Well, I don't know them, but I would not be surprised. Because, but I mean, here's the other thing, though. I and I've always said about Lucas Moore, it's similar to Hoiberg. He's all out effort. You know, he's always going to put a shift in. Whenever he take, gets the ball, he takes somebody on. So either, I mean, we know his limitations. Don't get me wrong, but. When he runs after somebody at somebody, he's going to create chances and or draw fouls. So we did ha- he we, he did have some of those. So that it's not. I mean, the overall execution of everything, yeah, that leaves a lot left to be desired, unfortunately. And then we kind of realize that he's. I mean, he had his moment um, in the sun where he looked stellar, and to move forward, he's probably not going to be the guy. But I mean, even so, having him coming off the bench. Being that high energy guy, until maybe until the end of the season, we'll see. But but you know, I don't. I'm, think, not, I'm not complaining I, too much. I don't think there are similarities between Hoybier because I think Hoybier has actually been playing a really good season, and he's. We don't have an attacking midfielder, so he has stepped more into that role, and he's found a way to score goals when, especially when we're desperate for them. Like he seems to be the guy that steps up to the plate and finds uh, and and is taking those late shots or is running into the box and trying to accomplish something. But but I also think he's 
pretty good at his job in the the midfield as well. I mean, like uh, like uh, Lucas, I think just lacks the the skill right now, but he does play hard. I will give you that. Um, uh, Hoybier, I actually, I think has a pretty good game, and I think we were being un- a little unfair to him uh, earlier in the season because it just felt like it wasn't working with the two mi- in midfield until I think him and Bentoncourt really got a partnership going. Where I now I think it is effective with just the two of them for the right game. Like I would like a game like we'll talk about with Liverpool. I think we needed the three, but um, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, before you were saying, do we need to have a Hoiber apology meter? Um, probably. I think we, uh, as fans, have been hard on him for a while. I mean, he, he, he's always available, which is huge for this Tottenham team because it seems like everybody else is made of glass, right? We, we Guys are dropping left and right. And, uh, yeah, he always has a lot of effort. And you can count on him in the last 10 minutes of a game coming up big. You're right. He really digs in then. Um, so I agree with you. Yeah, he has. He and Bettencourt have been taking, uh, like, trading off who's going to be the one who pushes forward. Um, and you can just see how much more fit they are than usually the opposition's midfielders at that point because they're just blowing by everybody. So, yeah, I think probably the thing about Hoiber is that we don't always see the consistency in, in the match itself, right? Because he'll go doink some pass out of bounds. And we'll all be furious, and then a minute later he'll thread something up to Harry, you know, that like, wow, how did he make that pass? You know, it's not, it's just, you know, from, from minute to minute, you know, sometimes he, he isn't always the most consistent, which is probably the frustrating thing. But overall, he's a really good midfielder. But I think that's <clears throat> midfielders in general. And uh, um, when all of a sudden it's done, we might have one of the best uh, midfield pairing there in the in the league right now. Believe it or not, uh, like and I, it's tough for us to admit that because what we've been watching, which has been some pretty miserable games, but I think it, it comes more down to that we don't have any like uh, attacking midfield options to throw in there to really create. So yeah, um, well, as for, I said before, with the whole wingback issue, yeah, if we can sort that out. Whether Spence plays, maybe Doherty plays a little bit more. I think Cessna can still be very good. He just needs this string of games. I mean, Paris, it, it's kind of been stop and start with him, like because like Cessna will play, um, or Perisic will start, you know, play, and play for like sixty-five minutes. He's kind of like the Rafael Van der Vaart, where kind of hit his peak and then he just tails off in terms of energy. Cessna comes in, so like, I kind of hope that Cessna just gets a run of games and. And let's see where he goes from there, because I th- I think that's the biggest thing for me. Because like we see the talents there, we just need to see it consistently, but, which is also kind of tied into Hoiberg and Bencore. Like Bencore didn't I don't I wouldn't say he had any LVP performances this season, but like he's looked kind of average or just lost at times. But I mean. I would say in October he was probably our best player. He was lighting it up and he looked great as a whole. Well, and I think this probably is a good point to go to MVP, LVP on this match. Uh, so, um, uh, since you said LVP already, let's start with LVP this time instead of MVP and then reverse it a little bit. Uh, who was your least valuable player in this match, Tommy, since we're talking to you now? I hate to say because I just mentioned him, but uh, Ryan Sessegnon, I mean, he just he didn't look good, unfortunately, and... I know Marseille is in Ligue 1, which is a top five league, but 
the way that he plays, like I think he should have been able to handle them easily. Well, but wasn't this more of like an, an inverted wing back role yeah. that, that he was asked yeah, to do? It didn't, and that's help not either. really his best position. But I mean, even so, like him running down the flank. I mean, I know it's not like Philip Lom for Bayern Munich playing. He's right footed and he plays as a left wing back. You know, but it's you know, I don't know it. I just didn't – he didn't play well. I yeah. hate to say it. Even uh, though I want him to do well. Jeff? Yeah, I had the same, Sassanian. And I'm like Tommy. I'm a big backer of him. I think he's I think he's good and he's only going to get better. I know there's there seems to be a sizable number of people at the pub who've already turned on him. But, um, but no, I think, I think he's really good. Um, but he wasn't this time. And playing on the right was bad for him. They tried that in the second half of a match last year. I don't remember which one, and it didn't go well either. So we should just abandon that experience. I mean, unless Matt Doherty, like, cannot get off the bench, I don't know why you do oh. why you stick Sessegnon that in was, that well, in a position he's not good at. That was but. my gripe. Well, we'll talk about Liverpool in a few, but, like, that was kind of one of my gripes. But, again, well, we'll get to that. Well, uh, but I will say I have seen sometimes this season. I agree with you guys at Sessegnon, but uh, – I, I have seen sometimes this this season where um, Perisic and Sessegnon are kind of swapping back and forth side to side, and I think that's been very effective to throw the uh, opposing team off. Um, so I, I like it in that, like if you're going to swap sides uh, on a given play and then eventually get back into position, um, especially when we're doing so many set pieces and it's, set pieces are such an important part of our game, that's a good time to, to get out of position and and swap fields and we've seen it so yeah i don't want to see him play there as like his position um but um i don't mind seeing a little bit of creativity and swapping around there um how about mvp uh oh it was who was your lvp i I took sessignan okay just making sure um uh so we'll go back to tommy who's your mvp um i mean yeah he scored our equalizer but i still think long way was probably our best player. Uh, he was defensively sound. He kept everything together. So there you go. Uh, Jeff? I'm going to go with Bettenker. Um, I thought he was driving us down the field like crazy in that second half. And he played – he was one of the only players who wasn't horrible in the first half too. In fact, like you were saying, I mean, he, I think he was our MVP of the month for October. And he's been good in the November game so far too. And he's, he's only 23. He's won all this stuff in Serie A. Now he's like improving more with us. Um, yeah, I think we've got a real diamond on our hands with him. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, Bentoncore, definitely my player of the month. Um, I'm part of me wants to say MVP for Hoybier, but I think uh, I think I have to agree. This one was Bentoncore. I mean, he because he was good in the first half. And he, he really has become an engine of this team, and, uh, um, and he's a big part of why we came out of this with the victory and advancing into um, first place in the group so we, uh, we get the better uh, draw. And let's talk a little bit about the draw here. So um, uh, Champions League draw happened today, uh, and we uh, landed uh, AC Milan. Um, how do you guys feel about this uh, this pick? Uh, could have been better, could have been worse. I mean, I know we had the chance of Club Bruges, but um, uh, Tommy? Yeah, so 
I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. AC Milan, I mean, they're very good. They won Serie A last year. Uh, but, I mean, in terms of everybody else that we could have gotten, like we could have gotten, what, Dortmund, Inter, PSG, Leipzig, you know, they're they're kind of our – we lost to them. So that wasn't good. So I'm like, in terms of everything, I'm not horribly disappointed. Uh, and as everybody knows, I love Zlatan. He's still coming off his injury. He might actually be back – or apparently he might be ready to go in, like, January. So – we might see him, so it'll be fun to see him play again. So I'll be excited for that. But I mean, yeah, realistically, I would say it's not the. We, I, I mean, I think we all wanted Club Rouge from Belgium because it was probably the weakest side that was second place. But you know, it's it definitely wasn't the worst, wasn't the best. So I mean, like Dortmund's not the team they used to be. I would have been okay. They're with still, Dortmund too. Uh, they still got a lot of talent. Though. We played them a bunch too. So. Yeah. Did you really want to see <laughs> Dortmund again? Well, yeah. There's always the. Uh, uh, it's nice to see somebody new too, but um, but no, I, I'm okay with this draw. Um, and seeing the uh, um, other what, what other teams got. I mean, really, the only. Uh, a uh, big matchup is uh, who was it, it was uh PSG and Bayern. Bayern. Yeah, PSG and Bayern. That's a that's a huge matchup. It's nice to see one of those teams going out. Um and Liverpool got Real Madrid, so I'm like sorry sorry but not sorry for them. You know, it, but like I think one of the bigger I was looking at ties right now, like one of the bigger two interesting ones will be Frankfurt and Napoli. They're not great. They're not insanely great teams, but they're very solid teams, so the clash of the two median middle teams, you know, that would be very exciting. But also, who is it? Uh, Chelsea and somebody, I forget already. Yeah, Chelsea and Dortmund, very similar as well. So those two might, or, and us and AC Milan, those might be the more interesting matchups for this round. Yeah, hey, good, good and show. You, and you get to see Tangi and Dombele drive Napoli on to victory, right, in this round. <laughs> I, I mean, I know you love him. I don't know if you still. I don't do. know. I don't think love is the right word. I just think that there's there's something there. Whether well, he, no, there is. Whether he cashes in on it or not. Yeah, that's up for debate. I don't even know how well he's doing at Napoli either. But I mean, I he's, he was doing well the last I checked. So but I mean, starting I think, for them. I think we. Could, oh, but, yeah, he was. He, he moved up uh, to start. He was he, on the bench for a while. Yeah, I know he was on the bench when the season started, and I was just like, well, this kind of proves it, but. Um, better than Harry Wings. Been following and, recently. Well, <laughs> better than Harry Wings. I mean, Lasalso is doing fine, but even though he's not anymore. Oh, is he injured? He tore his uh, quad, Wolf. so he's probably going to miss the World Cup. Yeah, and we all know he delivers for Argentina, so that sucks for them. Yeah, no, it does. Uh, well, let's uh, move the conversation along. So this weekend, big matchup: Sun not available. Um, we're we're clearly hurting on players. Dayan's not fully fit yet. He can't play full 90 minutes uh, coming back from his injury, but at least he was in the squad. Um, we were coming into this one. I think l- last week I did predict like a 2-1 victory, and it was more some hopefulness, but I, uh, I was also um, feeling much better about it before I, uh, I knew that Sun was, go- was not going to be available. Um, because I had picked him as one of my goal scorers, but uh, we we go into this match, um, and let me say I do think um, we we played better. Um, and I want to ask you about this, Jeff. Like I think um, 
in this first half, and obviously the second half was better. Like, we always play better in the second half. But I think even in this first half, I saw way more clinical one-touch passing than I've seen all season from Spurs in this match, which is a bit encouraging to me. What did you think? Because I know you're very critical of the passing. Yeah, if- I thought the passing was, was much better and crisper, and guys seemed to know where they were going to be. We had a couple near misses in the first half, and we were also not sitting back so deep. You know, we came up, we were, you know getting the ball at midfield and immediately going forward with it. It wasn't like the usual first halves that we've had to watch. So hopefully that'll be a trend that continues. Um, I'll stop there till we talk about other okay. things. No, but I actually want to piggyback off, piggyback off that. Because like, first 10 minutes looked like we were going four. We, you know how you said we had a higher line. Yeah, you can shit on Liverpool all you want, but they still have a lot of heavy hitters. Yeah, they're getting older. You know, Virgil van Dijk, Salah, Firmino, etc. But... These players can still turn it up when they need to, regardless. So I think that's probably why the t- Conte set this up. It's like we kind of have to go for it for, for a little bit just because if we sit back, you know, Liverpool can fucking burn. Like If everything clicks, they can still burn us or any team. It, it just hasn't clicked for anybody else yet. I, I think overall we made Liverpool look like a better side than they usually are. So... This game, this match yesterday, it's kind of like in terms of performance, it might be an outlier compared to, or it's definitely an outlier, I would say, compared to previous games, minus the Bournemouth, of course, where they slaughtered them 9 0. So it's just, I mean, overall, I don't disagree that we played better. It's just, you know, the Trent Alexander Arnold shove. I mean, I talked about it at halftime with people outside. The ref, it was right in front of him. The only argument that I could make that he could have not seen it is because it was straight ahead. So he might have not seen the arm move, push, or where Alexander-Arnold shoved Sessegnon. Uh, That's the only excuse. If not, you're a little bitch for not making that call. You didn't have the balls to do it, in my opinion. And then, you know, he had the other shove. So I'm like, okay, he's clearly rattled here. I'm like, I wish we went after him more. Classic Spurs, we don't. Like, I remember, what, last season where Ronaldo had the hat trick. Harry Maguire had a yellow card earlier. I'm like, we avoided him like the plague for the rest of the game. I'm like, what are you people doing, you know? So I kind of wish we had more initiative with that. But, like, you know, we hit the crossbar twice as well. Things could have gone a lot different for us. But overall, I've aside from those things, and we'll talk about Dyer in a little bit, of course. Um, but I think a tie would have been fair. I don't know... If, the way we played would have been worthy of a th- of three points, though. I was just gonna say on the because we have to talk about the penalty shout, right? Because it's all anybody's been complaining about since. Um, yeah, I mean, if 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 you call that outside the box ten minutes later, you should call it inside the box. But we've seen Premier League officiating is terrible. It's like it's high school level, you know. For a multi-billion dollar industry, it's amazing how poor the officiating is. And the fact that English refs basically didn't get asked to come to the World Cup because FIFA knows their shit. Oh, they didn't. Well, at least for the VAR. They might have some for regular matches, but they wanted no English VAR officials. I didn't officials. know this. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's kind of a disgrace overall. But... But it's a disgrace for everybody, right? You can turn on any Premier League game and watch horrible officiating. It's not that they have it in for Tottenham or anything. But one real interesting thing about this one 
was that the guy who was the VAR ref was the guy who the day before had called the penalty on the on Cancelo, you know, for City. Um, oh. So the, there was an article, I think it was ESPN today, where they were talking about it, and they were like, well, it's not the VAR's official, official's place to be consistent with what he called on the field. He's just supposed to back up or overrule what the ref said, which, so is, which, is, all, which is all kinds of bullshit. You, the, the whole point of officiating is to be consistent. Premier League officials are anything but. So no, it, it, this was and it, this was a very young ref, um, like new to, newer to the league. I, I can't even recall his name now. They saved my life, but like um, it's it, like Madley, I think was his last name. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But it, couldn't tell you. But it, um, you know, it, it just really discouraging that like. Uh, that we didn't get that call because that was before the, the, the dire dumb mistake that we're going to talk <laughs> about. Um, like the, their first goal that they got, like you kind of tip your hat. Like, I mean, I think there was stuff that we could have done to defend better, especially our center backs in, on that play. Um, but they did make a heads up play and kind of block off the defender. So he, uh, he couldn't get into position and it was a really good, pass and a really good shot and like that the first one okay we have to give that to them and I didn't feel like we were out of it like I feel like we could have come back into that game but it was that second one that really uh killed us so yeah if we had gotten this call the the call in the in on the penalty and and Kane had converted it um this would have been a completely different match um but uh, we have to play better in our defense and not get into the position that we were we were in. No, but like I mean, I say this with partial truth, but I say it as con- to be a contrarian. How you said Jeff earlier with Sporting Lisbon is kind of the same thing. It's like, why? It's or as Big Bird asks, like, yeah, we did better comparatively in the first half, but like we still didn't look excellent, or we didn't look gr- at least above average, like. I'm like, I remember the 30-some minute after Dyer gave up the goal, I'm just like, is it halftime yet? I'm like, this team, like, this team will be the death of me. I just, I'm like, you know, me as a Bears fan, I'm like, I'm already accustomed to this disappointment. I'm like, this team, I expect more because this, t- I know this team can do better. I think we all can agree on that because of the talent. And it's like, yeah, Dayon, Son, and Richarlison are both all injured, but I'm like, we still have quality in my opinion, like not as good as them, of course, but I'm like, where's the disconnect? Where's the drop off? And it's just, well, let, let me put it this way. If, if we take Dyer's mis- mistake, horrible mistake, the, uh, and for those of you that haven't watched, I don't know how you haven't seen this yet, but actually like, don't look if you yeah, haven't seen it. Yeah. He headed it right back to, <laughs> to right, 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 right to Mo Salah and just basically set him up for a shot. It was a, a miserable mistake. But, like, if you take that mistake out of this match, do, do you think Liverpool played better than us? No. And I, and I want to also clarify, I don't think that the penalty non-call cost us the game. You know, because everybody, like I said, everyone in the Premier League has to deal with the crap officiating. At some point, you're going to get screwed by the refs. It's just because you're in the Premier League. But... um but no, I don't. And in the second half, Liverpool was under siege. We were bombarding them. But again, like Sporting Lisbon, 
like you know um so many yo second half against newcastle we cannot put the ball in the net for the number of shots that we take it was so frustrating watching all these near chances you know we had the two hit woodwork yep. and then in the second half you know it was chance after chance after chance and you know we can't put the ball in the net i know you know son is out richarlison out all these skilled guys but you know uh, you know, the, look at the clown shows who score against us sometimes. You don't have to be the greatest striker in the world to put some of these in, and we just make it so hard on ourselves well, to that's score. Probably, that's probably the whole, uh, we got to do things with a flourish and make it entertaining, make it look good. I don't know. Maybe that's in the back of their head. But I'm like, but no. wait, are we eventually going to talk about Dar? Because I've got a quick thing to say first. <laughs> uh, no, because that's all. It's a, it's the sore thumb. That's it's the elf in the room. That's the only reason. Why yeah. I'm well, no, but, I I do want to say like I think um, that there's an element of uh, we're having really bad luck. Yeah. The balls on the woodwork stuff that um, like keepers making really good saves on uh, decent shots. Um, like uh, we're having some bad luck right now, and uh, you have to think the universe is going to correct this. Maybe later in the season, maybe we start having. Uh, better luck on some of these uh, chances that they start going in. We have way too much talent to keep looking like this. I'm like, maybe I don't know, maybe I'm being dumb here, but I'm like, it's got to turn around somehow where, like, I mean, I've said before with, like, what, Brighton, Everton, we didn't dominate them, but we were at least in control. Southampton, yeah, we murdered them, but second half, it was full-on slaughter. But I'm like, I'm still waiting for the moment from start to finish. We just have full-on domination where everything clicks. Don't get me wrong. Charleston's going to come back, you know, unboxing Day probably. Uh, Son, same thing. Dayon's finally coming back. So I'm not – I mean, we'll preview uh, leads later, but I'm like, probably be something similar right now. It's just – but the thing that angers me the most is, you know, when Dayon came on, I was happy because, you know, he's my favorite player. Well, you know, I would say he's my favorite player. Um, but the thing with him, though, is – once he came on, everything changed. And I'm like, what's the mentality? I'm like, you know, he's high energy, full on effort guy. So, and like, and I'm a firm believer that like, you know, if somebody's high energy, you know, it's like, it's contagious. So I think that rubbed off on the players because every, until the end of the match, when he came on, we were all going all out and we were putting in the effort, but I'm like, What's the deal? And like you know, Dayon, he got that great assist to Harry Kane. You know that was awesome. That was a great pass. It's like as if he was never never had an injury layoff. But it's just, it's still aggravating. You know, I mean, Allison, I think he did well in terms of the saves. Allison had that one save that was pretty amazing. But so. I mean, I'm not saying it was like a Tim Cruel match where we barraged Allison with 30 shots. But Allison, I mean, he. He earned his money, to, or he earned, he earned that those pounds yesterday. So, fair to him. It's just, ooh, why can't we just do this all the time? Okay, well, uh, dire bashing commence. All right. <laughs> Autobots, roll out. All right. Uh, who wants to take it first, I'll, Jeff? I'll, I'll go first. I have to say that I, I came around to Tommy's point of view because I have to give credit to Tommy for you know being the leader of this bandwagon for a You're long welcome. time now. but. <laughs> But yeah, Eric Dyer, he just has one he has one catastrophic mistake in him at least every match. Sometimes it's in an area of the pitch where it doesn't hurt us. 
And other times, it directly hurts us. I mean, I was at that Liverpool match where he almost put the ball right into our own net. You mean Newcastle? Newcastle, sorry. Um, And, yeah, and then, you know, after Hugo got fouled coming out, he didn't go back to to defend the empty net. Instead, he ran over the ref and started crying. And, you know, going all the way back to Potch, Potch had given up on him as a midfielder, didn't think he was a good enough center back, and supposedly, yeah, was ready to move him out. And here we are four years later. He's still here, still making the same kind of mistakes. He's older. He's not going to improve. He makes me crazy. Yeah, and he's – well, and technically, he's supposed to be in the prime of his career right now, so it's like – I'm not saying he's officially fallen off the clip, but he's definitely plateaued. And, like, even with the first goal, I think he was partially responsible. Because, like, a lot of – I forget who scored the goal for Liverpool. But nobody was zeroing in on him. No, Nobody squared up anything. And, like, the guy had so much room. And I'm like – so I think Dyer was partially responsible. Uh, but with this goal, um, I'll apologize to Matt because, I, I mean, he was very calm. But I just I, – I, I don't like to be proven right if a player is shit, like any time player is shit, like whether it be Dyer or whomever, I'm like, prove me wrong. Dyer's proven me wrong sometimes, but like, but like with these mistakes, it's like, you're still a liability. I'm like, I, I'm, there's no way to sidestep it. And like, and Matt try to justify it or not justify, it, but like rationalize it. Or it's like, you know, you got, it's like, oh, he probably didn't see this or that. And I'm like, you know, he probably didn't, but, my argument always is, if you're playing in the Premier League, the speed of the game is going 100 miles an hour. So because of that, it's like, you got A, you got to keep up with the pace of the game. B, you got to keep your head on it. Well, you got to know your surroundings. That's why you're getting paid the big bucks. So for me, Eric Dyer's, what, 5, 10 yards in front of the box? I'm like, you got to know to not head that back because unless if the ball is going at an insane pace, which it wasn't. So I'm like, because of that, and he had enough space around him. So my biggest thing is, A, trap the ball, pass it like Ben Core, Hoiberg, or whoever, and then go forward. Like, I don't know. There, were, there is no reason for him to head it back to Hugo Lloris, especially that far away. Now, if he was a, a, a yard or two from the box, I'd be like, all right, fair enough. But I'm like, this is inexcusable. I'm like... If I'm Antonio Conte, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I know that Romero's out right now. Sanchez, he's problematic, so we have to play him by default. Tenganga, clearly, uh, Conte doesn't have faith in him to, to at least start. So I'm like, we got to play this guy out of uh, out of circumstance. So it's just, again, I've said it many times in the past, whether it be under Nuno and of Jose Mourinho, he just looks lost out there. And the only reason, in my opinion, of course, I hate, I don't want to have to preface it like that, but the, for me, the only reason why Eric Dyer has been looking serviceable and above average at times under Antonio Conte is because he's been properly coached. If he's not, that's out the window. So I'm like, if we want to, and sorry, I'll be very brief. If we want to push forward, win trophies, get titles, etc., this guy can't be at the back. Well, I think the whole Eric Dyer renaissance began when we got Christian Romero. And I think Romero looked him, made him look a lot more serviceable than he was, you know, because he could pick up for a lot of the mistakes. And then when Romero started having troubles a little earlier this year before he got hurt, that's when you saw Dyer start unraveling. And so it seemed like, okay, we move him over to the right. There's less damage he can do there. No, we were wrong. He still can. So, yeah, um, 
We definitely have to I mean, upgrade the center backs. The, oh, sorry, I'll be brief. But with the other two center backs yesterday, Longley, I thought he, he did well. Ben Davis, I think we kind of know his limitations. He He's like a Welsh Michael Dawson to me. He's not fast, but he's positionally sound. So, you know, Eric Dyer, I mean, let's admit, let's be real. He is fast, so he can recover, but it's like, it's kind of like Kyle Walker where his position's terrible, but he wants his pace, or his pace would have to overcome or compensate for that. And it's just, it's just not there. He just looks lost out there a lot of times, it feels like at times. He's fast, but he's not quick. It's like they say about NFL running backs, you know, who can't make the shift or hit the hole fast enough and everything. He's missing that because you'll see, like, it's almost like happening in slow motion around him where he won't be able to react to something quickly oh, enough. And that was, he can run up and down the pitch, sure. And that was always my He has speed running, yeah. but he doesn't have the he dexterity have, yeah. to, or to the switch agility. or the agility right. to, but, and that's to always switch things up a bit. Under definitely tail end of Josie Mourinho, all for the most part with Nuno, it's like how you said that. It's like he's just looking, and like he like there's times where like he would be responsible for goals because like crosses would come in. The guy, the person that he's marking, he is away from him and he gets the shot in. And I'm just like, what are you? You're just standing there with your dick in your hand. Like what the fuck, man? But I will give him credit where credits due, though. He did look good attacking as the right center back. So. And that did help with us attacking the center second half. But again, def- I mean, with Conte, it's a sum of its parts, and we put and the intent is to be a well-rounded game. If he's anchoring the defense like that, I'm I'm not I'm gonna I'm, I'm shitting myself here. Well, and I think you were trying to to to, to jump on my uh, defense of uh, Dyer because I am gonna defend him a little bit. Like I mean, I, I'm not I'm not gonna defend that stupid play. Uh, but I am gonna say that, like, I, I think the the rest of his game actually looked a lot better than I expected, to be honest. Uh, and uh, I think there was a point in the, this match where he was our best right wing back, even though he wasn't playing right wing back. Like, he was getting so far forward, and he was, and he was, he was crossing the ball all across field to the the, the opposing, uh, uh, the the opposite side uh, w- wing back, I, I, like. And he was overlapping. Well, he was overlapping well with Dayon too. Yeah, well, it, it looked good when Dayon came on. He was really overlapping well. He did have a um, like a close header that like almost uh, um, almost made up for his the goal that he stupid goal he gave up. Um, I I understand what you guys are saying, and I understand his limitations. I think. Um, Yes, he, when he doesn't have as good of a partner there, yeah, we're going to see a little bit more weakness because a lot more falls onto his shoulders. Um, but the, I, I think that that doesn't necessarily mean that there's not a, a player there. He just needs uh, stronger partners. Like I, I think I would be okay with uh, with Dyer if we got another superb center back to kind of replace Ben Davis, and if Dyer was playing in the middle. Um, rotating with Langley probably Um, in Langley rotating with uh, whoever it is like so let's say we got like a Scrinier type player and and we had Ramiro healthy or a Bastoni and we were playing with uh, with Dyer in the middle of that I think I would be totally okay with uh, with Dyer so yes I I think we're seeing with Ramiro hurt like a lot more falling onto his shoulders and yeah he is a limited player 
I'm not defending that he's like the one of the best center backs in the league or anything like that, but I think he has put together a much better season with a better partnership, no, as better a, coaching. As a whole, yes. But I'm like, I'll just say this. Harry Maguire has been shit. England squad hasn't come out yet. Eric Dyer did get recalled in the past international break. I'm just saying, if he's in the squad and he's starting, like, Shubes, I'm presumably you're an England fan because you're English. But I didn't, or, like, I know he's one of our listeners. But I'm like, anybody else that's English? And, like, I mean, and I'm being realistic here because, like, but I'm like, you've been warned. If he starts, it's like, you guys are fucked. Well, I, I think we need to move this conversation along. Anything else on this game before we go to MVP? Now, I, I mean, we kind of t- dug the, the grave of uh, Eric Dyer yeah. here. Yeah, no, no more Dyer bashing. I was just going to say, considering how badly wounded we were going into the game, it's not a huge disaster that we lost it. I mean, we were competitive throughout. Um, we should have at least gotten a draw, but considering the state we were in, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. But it is frustrating because Liverpool, you know, has been sucking. Hasn't been able to win on the road. Yeah. And, of course, they come and beat us. Or the whole and Do- then, Dr. Tottenham thing. Like yeah, exactly. And then Fenway Sports Group puts them up for sale today. Well, apparently they want investment. <laughs> so all they did was win us. So, like, they would just have somebody come in. Well, that's what I saw. I didn't actually read the article. They'll, they'll go either way. They want to beat the Chelsea uh, deal. If somebody will okay. give them, like, you know, five, five billion. Five billion. Like, they'll sell. Sold. Yeah. No, but, I mean, yeah, Jeff, we played, what, 36 hours ago or so yeah i had a little time to stew and like yeah i i might sound hypocritical right now i bitched about dyer and all this other stuff even like did have some silver linings but i'm like considering our injuries losing my one goal that's not the worst thing in the world day coming back that showed some promise yeah i want you know? i did want to briefly talk about day coming back so thank you for bringing that up tommy no like he he really looked immediately like his old self out there. Like he, it, it didn't take any time for him to ease into this game. He, he immediately seemed to make a difference, and I think that's very encouraging for us. I said I was encouraged by a better first half, uh, definitely like uh, an attacking second half, um, not rolling over. Like other than the mistakes, I found this match very encouraging. Like I, I came out of this match feeling better than a lot of our, than probably even our uh, born with win. Like like I I. Came Came out with a better feeling about this despite the loss. Um, so, Dayon being back, that's a big part of that. Um, any, anything else on Dayon? No. I mean, it sucks that he's not going up to Qatar for the World Cup. But the other good thing, though, is that I, I don't know. One would assume he's probably like 80, 90% right now. So, the fact that he's got until Boxing Day, practice with the squad, with some other non World Cup players, like whether it be Brian Hill or whatever. You know, maybe uh, they could teach some each other things or t- a thing or two. Um, maybe gel a little bit. And let's let's get the co- let's get the cohesion ready, and then once boxing hits, we're gonna be ready to go. Great. Well, plus um, supposedly Richarlison was back in practice today too. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, well, so maybe we'll get them both for well, leads. Spoiler alert for anybody: he did get uh, called up, or he was in the uh, squad for Brazil. Brazil yeah. So he's definitely healthy enough to play for them. So. Hopefully he nothing he doesn't get injured in Qatar, and then hopefully he'll be ready to go on December twenty sixth. Yeah, good shouts there. Uh, let's do a speed round of MVP LVP because uh, uh, we are going long here. Uh, so Jeff, we'll start with you for MVP. For MVP, um, 
I'm going to stick with Bettinker. I thought he was um, all over the place again, pushing us forward. He almost got that header to equalize. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to stick with him. Okay, uh, Benton Curry, good shout. Uh, Tommy? I don't disagree with that, Jeff, except um, I'm giving it to Dayon because we still looked lethargic at times, and then once he finally came on, everything changed. So, you know, whether it be his creativity, everybody looked like they were up for it. And so I'm like, I'm giving it to Dayon. No, I, I, I have to agree with you. Dayon was a difference maker. Um Though I don't think we were playing bad without him, but like uh, we became a completely different team once he hit the pitch. Um, I'm happy to have him back. He's my MVP. Um, LVP. Um, is it going to be Emerson Royal again? Uh, it seems like it's always Emerson Royal. <laughs> and it's like it takes a truly special person to knock Emerson Royal out of LVP. <laughs> But Eric Dyer, you are that man. <laughs> yeah, good shit. And I, I hate to say it. I mean, I mean, Dyer, his mess up impacted the scoreline. Yeah, he did well attacking in the second half. Royale as a whole, he played like garbage. But I'm like, what he did and didn't do didn't impact the scoreline directly. So, sorry, Eric, I got to give it to you. I, I could definitely understand your point, but like... How much better did Doherty look when he came on? And granted, he came on with Dayan Kulishevsky, so that kind of is going to make anybody look better. But um, I, I still don't get it why uh, why he's our star- Emerson Royal starts these matches instead of I mean maybe because we were playing a little bit more defense and he's perceived to be a better defender. I don't know that he necessarily is. But yeah, yeah uh, I'm curious to see what the rationale is behind that. I mean, Conte knows more than us, of course, because we're just armchair quarterbacks. But I, I just want to hear it. Why? I'm yeah. very curious. Well, I think it is. I think it is the defense thing because that seems to be the key for Conte. That, yo, know, at least he doesn't have to worry about your defending. And yeah, evidently, you know, Doherty's not up to snuff there, and and we know that he doesn't think Spence is yet. So. Yeah. Well, uh, I I guess I'm gonna have to agree with you guys because Dyer did make the di- like, welcome the difference. <laughs> welcome but, to the dark side. But, I think he played pretty well other than that, but it had such an impact on the result that I think it's got to go to him, unfortunately. But Emerson Royal was terrible again. I, though at times he had some good passes, I have to say it was a better game for him than I've seen, so I think it's fair to give it to Dyer here. Um, we've gone long, so I'm not going to ask for any thoughts on the final thoughts on these games. Um, we do not have a halftime segment, but we are going to take a little break ourselves. Um, when we come back, we will uh, preview the League Cup match against Nottingham Forest, and then uh, we'll, we'll preview the, the Leeds uh, home match, the final match before the World Cup. Let's go to half. Well, let's roll right back into it. So uh, this uh, Wednesday, we, we have our first uh, entry into the League Cup, uh, um, and we take on... Uh, Nottingham Forest. Uh, so we did play them earlier this year. Um, we uh, did get a 2-0 two, two victory. I think we probably weren't overly joyed with the performance at the time, but like uh, especially for a team that was just coming up into the league. Um, I think they, were, they looked like they were playing a little bit better, but it did not take long for the league to figure this team out and how to, uh, how to, how to prevent them from doing well. And and we see that now because they currently sit in 20th place in the league. Um, they uh, 
they ha- haven't been on a particularly good uh, run of form, but they do uh, every once in a while pull out a, a nice victory. Uh, they did draw Brentford uh, this past Saturday. Uh, they lost to the Arseholes. Uh, they uh, beat Liverpool, which is uh, something uh, th- that we can't do. We can't do, yeah. <laughs> um, th- they drew Brighton and they lost the Wolves. I mean, we. C- there's not really any players on this team that are particularly threatening or scary uh, in their stats or score lines. Um, how are you guys feeling on this uh, this uh, League Cup match? Yeah, I would think this is the match where you'll see Brian Hill and and Skip and Spence and, Spence and everybody. Although I bet Harry starts again because we have no choice. Yeah, um, I would doubt we would see Richarlison or Decky unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, unless we're like yeah, trailing Lucas late. Mora. Yeah, um, maybe Tenganga paired up with some with Longley yeah. or somebody. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a heavily rotated squad. I mean, I do think that um, the the I think probably in his heart of hearts, even if we make some really good moves this uh, the, the, like this winter, um, we're probably not competing for the league right now. So I could see Conte wanting to get some kind of silverware uh, and proof that he can do something that um, that no coach has been able to do in the last what. 12, 13 years. 14 years. 14 years. Actually, it'll be 15. 15? Okay, so 15 years. Um, so I could see him uh, taking this a little bit more seriously, but with uh, with the injuries and the, the, the recent recoveries, um, I could, think we could see a lot of these guys play some minutes, but I think maybe we start with like a, a, a bit of a rotated squad and we get to see some of these younger players. I agree, Brian Hill. I think Spence could see minutes in this, but I don't know if he starts and maybe the most meaningful minutes that he's had all season, but I'm not sure if he starts it. Um, maybe a Doherty start if uh, if he's still committed to that Emerson Royal for the big matches, <laughs> but uh, or the league matches. But um, what would you guys most like to see out of this? Do you, is it just like uh, just get through? Do, doesn't have to look pretty. Yeah. Well, actually, back to Spencer. I wouldn't be surprised if Doherty just starts then, just because he's technically backup right now. Uh, but regardless, I mean, I've always said it for a long time. Just get me a trophy. This team needs to know how to win and get there. With the current crop, I mean, Hugo Lloris, yeah, he's won a World Cup. Dayon, Ben Core, they won Serie A with Juventus um, two seasons ago. But other than that, I'm like, we don't have a lot of winners. So, like, let's build this winning mentality. Conte can't do it all. He can instill with them, but, like, the team's got to do it. Uh, so, if we get the trophy, I'll take it. If it's an ugly win... So be it. But here's the other caveat, though. I, a, I, how you said, I wouldn't be surprised if Conte brings out a second-string squad or at least a bunch of subs. Like Forrester, for example, wouldn't be surprised if he started just because of that. And I feel that, you know, let's just scrape by because we got some depth issues. Like a lot of players probably not going to be going to the World Cup. Let them recuperate and get the training and build up the endurance and all that good stuff and fitness. The other caveat, though, is with Nottingham Forest, bottom of the table. Yeah, Steve Cooper, he's the manager. He did sign an extension with Nottingham Forest. So relegation or not, he's probably going to be there to stay. So, But I think the biggest thing for them is they have no shirt sponsor still. 
the biggest goal for them is probably survival because of that because they need the revenue to keep coming in to compete and they don't want to deal with like parachute payments and whatever when they drop down and recover from that so I wouldn't be surprised if, if Nottingham Forest plays a weaker squad just because of that so they can focus on the Premier League, which and, would be advantageous to us, of course. And, and in 20th place, they're only a few points out of uh, um, like uh, be, being out of the relegation zone because uh, it is pretty tight down tight. there right now. Uh, they with, with 10 points, they're not that far out of it, that, so they, they could. Um, I could also see this being the type of team that um, – that, Bounces down, gets that recovery money uh, for for teams that were up in the Premier League and uh, and relegated. Comes back up uh, in one more season and then maybe stays up for a while. Kind of like how, geez, who was that? Was it uh, Bournemouth City? City? Uh, no, who, there was somebody that did that like a few years ago. Was it when Bournemouth stayed up for a little while? Maybe I think they were the ones that like. Uh, they even said, like, you know, they didn't buy any, but they didn't buy a lot of players. They, oh, Burnley they, they, did that. Bur- it was Burnley. It, was, okay. it wasn't Bournemouth. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Burnley. Yeah, Burnley said, yeah, you know, we're we're not even going to try th- this year unless we get lucky. Uh, we'll go. We'll go down, but we'll, then we're going to come up and we're going to stay up. And they did stay up for a while. Uh, um, I could see Forrest being that type of team that maybe works their way into the league, but not maybe not this this time around. But that's all here or there because this is um, uh, not, not that type of competition. This is one that they can be in next year even if they aren't in the Premier League. So I I could see them not taking this as uh, seriously as just trying to uh, fight to stay up at this point and then uh, um, see where, the, where everything falls. Because the other thing with Nottingham Forest, they turned over a lot of squad. They, like a lot of players that they – where they got to the come to the Premier League, they're either gone, but they also bought a bunch of players. They spent a lot yeah, it's of money. Twenty plus. Yeah. Dude. So because I mean, there is talent with Nine Force. They just haven't gelled or clicked yet. So in theory, like if they do turn up, get on a run, get out of the relegation zone, finish like I don't know, fourteenth or fifteenth, that's fine. But so like how you're saying like, yeah, they could roll the dice and go for League Cup and then say fuck it, we'll get relegated and bounce back. But they're going to lose all the investment with the players that they did sign because they spent. Remember, there was a few they sent. They bought for like forty, fifty million pounds. So it's like I don't. I th- so because of that, I, I just don't see it happening. It's like staying up is more know, important to them. Exactly, and then less games they have to deal with, the better because you know. One a week, they might be able to manage, and and you catch teams when they're they're fried from like a week after week of two games, and you're only, you only have the one. Uh, a lot of times, a team like Forest can can overperform and beat a Liverpool or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, for them, all, all it takes is one game, you know, to get them back into uh, out out of the relegation zone. So, it you know, you get that, get a winning streak going, maybe, or or at least get a point streak going, you know. A win, a few ties here or there, they're in business. Yeah. Um, with that, I think it's probably a good place to go to predictions for, for this one because I don't think we have a lot to say about their talent, and um, and we really don't know how we're going to line up, so it's going to be interesting what our, who our goal scorers are going to be. But let's start with Jeff for predictions. Um, I'm going to say 4-1 Spurs. I'm going to say Harry with a brace, heel with one, I don't know who's going to be out there to know who. <laughs> Let's say Sessegnon. 
with the fourth one. All I really want from this is a win and nobody to get hurt. Okay, uh, Tommy? I'm predicting one nil with Kane, and the main reason is just because we haven't been playing well as a whole recently. I think Conte probably – yeah, we only have one game after this until the World Cup break, which is fine. But it's like a little rest here and there. I think that's that's key for some players. Like, you know, Harry Kane, Hungman's son. They can keep going, but I'm like a lot of times like they're probably mentally tired, but, but they're still physically fine. So it's like let's give some players a mental break, whether it be Hugo, Dyer, whatever. You know, so like – Let's give him a little bit of break, and kind of how we how we did with Pochettino. If we need to bring these players on so we can get the win in advance, okay, that's fine. At least they got you know 50, 60 minutes of rest, and not have to deal with like the game time speed and whatnot. So, yeah, I I I see your point, and like a part of me thinks like uh, when we play a rotated squad, we just don't score high. So you you might be right. Uh, but I'm going to take a different approach and say uh, 3-1 is is what we do with this one. I I do think we're going to get a, a goal from Brian Hill. Um, I think he has something to prove. Um, I do think we get a, a goal from uh, Doherty. Um, I think he'll probably play this one. And, uh, and, and he's been looking pretty good as a you – know, he's not afraid to get into the box, especially if we're struggling to score. Maybe he gets like an early one when we're um, – maybe they get the first goal and, uh, and, and we're looking pretty bad and uh, maybe Doherty pulls us out of it. And then um, I'm going to say that we get a late uh, Spence goal. He gets the score against his uh, former team. Like, uh, because I do think um, they want to get would want to give him minutes in this match, especially if we're up uh, later in the game and we're just seeing it out and we're giving him like 15, 20 minutes, the most meaningful minutes that he's seen. I could see that happening in a League Cup match. I do think we'll probably see Forrester as the the keeper in this one, give Hugo a bit of a rest because he's been a little bit off uh, his game a little bit at times uh, recently, too. Um any other thoughts on this before we move along? Let's just get the win in advance. That's all I care about. Ugly or not, doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Like as much as I bitch about ugly play, I don't. I won't mind seeing an ugly win here if uh, if it just gets us through and gives us a chance to advance and uh, and maybe a chance at a cups down the road. Okay, so let's go to the weekend. So this, as I said, this will be the last match that we have before uh, the the World Cup happens. Um, so it's a big important one, especially after losing uh, to Liverpool um, and now us dropping down behind Newcastle into fourth place um, in the table. Um, I don't spend a lot of time looking at the table at this point, but we've been sitting in third place for a while now. And finally, our performance is and mostly our performances. And I think this week just kind of bad luck and uh, um, a, a couple bad moments dropped us down a, a place in the table so staying in the top four is extremely important here um, but Leeds is currently sitting in 12th place in the league with uh, 15 points that's uh, four wins three draws and six losses um, they did um, uh, win this past weekend 4-3 uh, to Bournemouth and kind of an exciting uh, back and forth um, they uh, beat Liverpool prior to that 
Uh, so they're on a bit of good run run of form, but they did lose their prior three engagements to that. Uh, Fulham, Leicester, and uh, the uh, the assholes, uh, Arsenal. <laughs> um, their top goal scorer right now is Rodrigo with seven. So he, he has been uh, put together a pretty good season for them. Um, Jack Harrison is their top player maker with three assists. Um and uh, Pascal uh, is Strick. Is how is it pronounced? I'm gonna gouge this one, but uh, he's a no t- top rated player with seven point two five. S T U. I'm blind here. Without uh, so <laughs> derailed. <laughs> so I'm being derailed. But we we have beat them the last two times that we faced them. Um, we beat them three out of the four times since they've come up to the league. How are you guys feeling uh, on this match? Well, we lost our last two home games. Um, I can't believe we'll drop three in a row. Um, you know, yeah, Leeds is one of all those teams stacked up trying to stay out of the relegation zone, but they're only like five points off the bottom. So I would hope that we would be able to put this one away, and especially because I think both Decky and Richarlison will play in that game. Um, Richarlison will want a little tune-up before he goes to the cup, and Decky's not going anywhere. So, give him Which some is a time. Shame, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Sweden, but yeah, um, so am I. But yeah, so he'll get a little run out too. So I would think we would we should look a little better in that match than we have lately. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, how do you guys feel about uh, Marsh? Like, uh, do you think he's uh, a smart coach? Is it I something? I think he's fine for what they need right now. Because with Bielsa, I mean, don't get me wrong, Pochettino was a disciple of Marcelo Bielsa. But the thing with him, though, is there's only one way to play, and they play entertaining. And they score a lot of goals, but with Leeds, they gave up a lot of goals. So it's kind of live by the sword, die by the sword thing. Um, Jesse March, I, I mean, they're, what is it, negative three in goal differential, so it's a little bit better compared to last season under Bielsa for most of that season. But so with that, it's like, I think they – I don't follow Leeds, really. I should have asked my friend because his wife follows Leeds or is a Leeds fan. But um, I think I would say that, like, from what, I, from what I've seen-ish, they do play relatively open. So if we play a front three with Kane, Dayon, and Richarlison, I think we're going to get some goals in. I don't know if Richarlison will start, but yeah. I'm probably not. But, I mean, like, if we did a front three with Dayon, Lucas – Kane that's not the worst thing in the world either I, I I would say comparatively speaking the game will be open um they're not a great side they're mid table so I think this might be a good time for Conte to roll the dice with by not playing three in the midfield but that might be a selection quandary because I'm mean, assuming I thought I mean we kind of ignored him about the Liverpool game but I thought that was probably his best performance in a Spurs shirt well, albeit brief. So, you know, pick your poison with him. Ben Cores, like I said, he's been the best player since October. Hoiberg, we know he's a bulldog. He's got the endurance, and he'll he always puts in all effort. So, any if you if if it's a two person midfield, I mean, I think either of those any of those three playing in there, it's not the worst thing in the world. I could see us starting, with, especially with after such a good performance by Basuma against Liverpool. I could see us. Um, uh, especially in an open play game, because that's where this it seemed to work. We we knew Liverpool was going to be attacking, 
Um, and B- Basuma was really good about um, controlling the ball, g- getting rid of it fast to somebody. Um, he wasn't like a ball carrier or carrying it forward, except for like there was one beautiful moment where he drove the ball into the box and I thought it was going to create a chance, but it didn't. But um, Holy was just moving the ball around fast and I could see that being useful in, in like a, an attack that's an attack that, but not, not as good as Liverpool. Like I, I could see us if we have the same passing game that we had against Liverpool with a guy like Basuma in there and Hoybier and, and Bentoncourt. I could see us just like controlling the midfield so much that we uh, we, we just move the ball around fast and, and create a lot of chances. Um, so I I actually could see us start with the that and then when because uh, Richarlison's probably not going to be good for like the full match. So I could see him coming on like uh, after about fifty or sixty. Well, probably closer to sixty with Conte. Um, in game yeah, like, probably like, 70, 75 <laughs> with the way things have been going realistically. Well, re- but if you have Richarlison to bring on, I could I, I could see it like especially if uh, like it if we're only leading by one or something like that, I could see him just putting him in earlier for the kill, um, or if we're behind again from a stupid mistake, which seems to happen a lot. Um, uh, I could I could see him coming on much quicker, but I think I don't think he's going to start, and I think. Uh, the, the best options that we have don't play Lucas. Um, I would I would play Basuma and, yeah. and, ha- and have the extra midfielder. And dealing with, like, the whole Occam's Razor thing, I mean, it's going to be very likely probably three in the midfield, which I won't be mad about, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Basuma or Ben – like, Ben Gore, I think he'll be fine. But, like, Basuma, I think he'll, have, he'll do very well because just the way that Leeds – allegedly plays according to what I've seen. So if that's the case, then I think I'm not, I think we can see multiple goals being scored easily. Yeah. Any, any other thoughts on this, uh, this game before we go to predictions? I'll, I think the only other thing is since I talked about, like I, I'm inclined to believe that with Nottingham Forest, we're going to play a weaker squad, but since this is the last game until the break, Conte is going to put out the best squad possible, barring Richarlison, just because he's coming off an injury. If I won't, I mean, Dayon's got to start because I mean, let's be realistic. You know, Newcastle's ahead of us right now. We got to maintain the pace, so to, to at least be in Champions League. So, and the other thing, how you said maybe bringing Richarlison for the kill, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Just be, not even because to get some seasoning back in, but because goal differential. We're still very early in the season, so like every goal still counts. Yeah, no, definitely. Anything uh, else, Jeff? Nope. So let's go to predictions, then you, we'll start with you. Um, I'll say 3-1. I'm going to say Kane, Betancourt, and then Richarlison late with the dagger. So. Oh, that would be awesome. Um, Tommy? I was thinking 3-1, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go anti, I'm gonna up a little bit. I'm going to say 4-1. Are we, wait, are we playing at Ellen Road or are we playing at home? Home. Home. Play, wow. Oh, wait. Oh, you did. Wow, we're playing three Premier League home games in a row. Yeah. You don't see that every day. It's almost like we're Arsenal or something. <laughs> all, all <laughs> I'm not going games. there. You said it, not me. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, Kane. I'll say Kane gets two. And I will say Hoiberg. And then, you know, yeah, Jeff, I'll go with you. I'll say Richarlson. Gets one. 
Okay, I am going to... I'm going to say 3-2 just because we seem to make stupid errors and we're not going to have Ramiro back. Um, but I do think we score uh, quite a few. Um and I think it feels more comfortable than a 3-2 victory. I just think... Uh, to, or maybe we're up 3-1 and then they get a late goal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's going to feel a little bit more comfortable than that, but just frustrating, stupid mistakes lead to them getting some goals. Uh, you're doing some back passing. <laughs> well, maybe maybe, maybe it'll be Emerson Royal not defending <laughs> okay. or something. I've hated a lot on Eric Dyer, so I'm like, I'll just not... I'll abstain from the hating for, in the <laughs> second half. <laughs> but... Um, uh, my goal scores are going to be uh, – one's got to be from Kane. I think Kulishevsky is going to get a goal in this uh, half. And he might get an assist too, but, like, we don't predict assists. Um, and I do think – Richarlson, because uh, I, I think he's going to want to prove something before he goes to international break um, if he plays. So I think uh, – I, I think I could see him getting a goal in this one. So, uh, a good good shout there by both of you guys. Let's have final thoughts on this uh, uh, this this week. So, we had a um, disappointing loss, but um, some improvement in performance with Liverpool. Um, we we had success getting out of uh, the, the group and, and even taking down the group in the Champions League despite the ugly performance. Um how are you guys feeling as we're about to wrap up this part of the season before we go to the international break? Yeah, I think getting here to the break, um, you know, with, we won our Champions League group. Like you said, we're in top four um, in the league. I think, that, you know, at the beginning of the year, we all would have been thrilled with that. That's, you know. Um, and I think we should be now, especially considering all the injuries that we've had and the fact that Emerson Royale is our right wing back. So, you know, with all of that, the fact of where we are um, gives me a lot of optimism. Um, I would assume the club will bring some more people in in January to help out in the second half. You know, Sun and uh, others will get back to fitness, and it should be a really good second half. Well, and that's the only positive about this World Cup in the middle of the season. Um, we basically come back. It's Boxing Day. We have, like, uh, what, two two matches before um, the, the window opens, and we can start signing people, and we know that um, they've made a commitment to – uh, bring in some players for Conte because they want him to re-up his contract, and I don't think he will unless they um, they show that they're committed yeah, to bring – Yeah, if they pony up in this, this uh, winter window uh, to give him what he sees he needs after this half season. Um, so that is a real positive about this World Cup. That, uh, probably the only one, like, you know, the guitar, people dying, um, having to watch it this time of year, it all sucks. Um, but um, but that's the only positive that comes out of it. We're we're almost to the window opening, and uh, um, um, we just got to get through these couple matches, and then a couple matches when we get back. Yeah, I kind of want to branch off to what Jeff said. Yeah, we're still in a Champions League place. The thing that angers me, and I've said it many times, is how we got there. We haven't looked great, but the silver lining is when we turn up and actually dominate games and beat the teams that we should. First halves look better and so forth. This Things could look really good at, uh, after Boxing Day. 
I'm clinging on to hope that it happens. It remains to be seen. So I'm, I mean, with me predicting 4-1, I'm just hoping that we get off or leave or everybody leaves for the international break on the right foot. Let's show some promise and let, let's build off of that momentum. I mean, you know, objectively speaking, where we're at is not the worst thing in the world, of course. It's, and the fact, and how Jeff was saying, like, you know, we've had all these injuries and whatnot. You know, that's still not bad. So I would say, like, as I said before, it's like, hopefully the team turns up very soon. You know, from start to finish, we look good. Build off of that. Maybe we can get some signings. And then let's see where it goes. Because, I mean, if we, if, if the team reaches the potential that I feel like the team can, we can be contending for trophies, whether it be League Cup, FA Cup. I, I think Champions League is probably out of the question. But, you know, if we can get a good run out of it. There's a lot well, of money to be had if we get yeah, a good run. I mean, why not? I, I, I don't. I've been relatively pes- or pessimistic over the course of the season. But I'm like, of course, there's still a lot of games to be played in all four competitions. So let's see what happens. Yeah. And we have that sweet Google cash coming at some point, too. Oh, right? yeah. From the, um, one other quick thing, though. Um, we are playing before Boxing Day. There's a League Cup game that we have to play, like, three days after the World Cup ends, something like that. Conte went off on it the other day about how ridiculous it is. So, yeah. But you can bet everybody who didn't play in the World Cup is going to play that game. Oh, God, game, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. And, and Qatar got the vote, so whoever voted for them, blame yourselves. Yeah. Well, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. So uh, I'm Anthony. You can find me on Twitter at Callahan42, K-A-L-I-H-A-N-4-2. Tommy, where can they find you? Uh, You can find me on the Twitters, uh, Lily White Coy is the way you would think it would be spelled is the way it is spelled. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeff, where can we find you? Um, On Facebook or, you know, through the Chicago Spurs Club. And I'm not going to be joining Twitter now that Elon Musk owns it. (laughs) Good shout there. I've known people that have left because of that as well. But I think this is a good place to wrap it up. So thanks to Tommy for editing tonight, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. Great to be recording here today. Uh, find us on our many platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, many more. Um, hit the subscribe button and write us a review on those po- uh, platforms or give us a re- review wherever. Um, just tell us that you like us or don't like us, I guess. Um, <laughs> find us on uh, our uh, uh, Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs.